If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Acts. You're going to find yourself in chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. We're going to look at one verse, but we're going to look at this whole chapter. And if you had to put a title on this morning's message would be, In the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I hear that name Jesus, all kinds of thoughts come into my head. When I think about Jesus, I think about where we're going to celebrate here in just a a little while, uh, celebrating the birth. When I think about Jesus, I think about Him going to the cross and dying for my sin and for your sin. When I think about Jesus, I think about they placed Him in a borrowed tomb, but on the third day, rose in victory and lives and lives forevermore. When I think about Jesus, I think about Him sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us today. Oh, but when I think of the name of Jesus, I can't help but think that He's coming and He's coming soon. Even now, come Lord Jesus. There's something about the name of Jesus. And all the people of God say, Amen. You find yourself, you're in the third chapter of Acts. As I made mention, uh, it's Peter and John. They've gone to the temple. They're going to church. And as they're going to church, they encounter a man. The Bible says that he was brought daily. The man was a crippled man, couldn't get around by himself. And someone, his friends, at least four, would take him every day there by the temple. And as he's going... Sitting there, Peter and John, as they're on their way to church, they see this man. And the man looks at them, and he's uh, with that look that he's looking to see, receive something. So Peter uh, goes over to him, and the Bible says that uh, he fastened his eyes upon him. And then he goes, and he uh, says that silver and gold have we none. But this I can give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says immediately that man got up and he walked. And this morning I want us to look at a message entitled in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We see here, in the, especially in the book of Acts, the early church. There was a great attention upon that name of Jesus. They baptized in the name of Jesus. We see that in chapter 2 of Acts. They healed in the name of Jesus. We see that in chapter 3. Philip preached in the name of Jesus. We see that in chapter 8. Paul preaches in the name of Jesus. We find that in chapter 9. We see that the early church and those who would preach put an emphasis upon the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other name uh, that someone can get saved. There's no other name. The only name that will save you is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There's power in that 
name. And so we see there's many references, there's many uh, titles, many names that you'll find through the Bible describing Jesus. Over 200 different names or titles were given to Jesus. Titles like He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We see that He's also referred to by the God the Father as His beloved Son. We see Jesus Himself says that He is the bread of life. The Bible tells us that He's the bright and morning star. We see here as we continue to read in chapter 3 of this text, we see that it referred to as the Holy One and the Just One. But oh, there's even more names for that. We see He's also referred to uh, as Master. Master. I like that name of Jesus. When you come to know Jesus, He is to be your Master. But also we see Jesus has been referred to as our Savior because He's the one that saved your soul. Oh, there's power in the name. And maybe I'm not only one here, but I'm going to give a witness to the fact there's something in that name of Jesus. But then it goes on. He says that He's referred to as the Lamb that was led to slaughter. We also see that He is the one wonderful counselor. We also see that he's the lion of Judah. But the Bible also tells us that he is the prince of peace. We also see that he's king of kings and lord of lords. My dear friend, there's something in the name. There's power in the name of Jesus. But the one that we see many times over in scripture is the name of Jesus. Over 800 times the Scripture calls Him Jesus. Everyone knows that we've heard that term. We see that men, those who do not know Him, well, they'll refer to Jesus, but not the way we refer to as Jesus. Uh, even the Muslims will give credit to Him as being Jesus. We see that the lost man will even make reference to Jesus. But my dear friend... We need to recognize the fact that that name is a holy name. It's a sacred name. And when you oh, use that word Jesus, you need to be in awe and you need to be with fear and trembling. The Bible says the devils, when they hear the name of Jesus, tremble. There's power in the name of Jesus. But we also see... That uh, here in this little sermon that uh, Peter gives, uh, just a short sermon, ten references to Jesus in this sermon. Now, uh, do you start to catch uh, a trend here? The early church, when uh, they baptized and when they healed and uh, when they preached, used the name of Jesus. I think it would be uh, well for us today is to recognize the fact that if you preach a message and you don't have Jesus in it, you don't have a message. Is there a witness in the house this morning? Now, some of you are not as stirred up as I am about this because just this morning in class, we talked about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Got a little stirred up on that one. 
Because if there's no resurrection, my dear friend, then we're wasting our time this morning. There was a bodily resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And because of that, those of us who've trusted in Him and those of us who've called upon that wonderful name of Jesus, that we will be resurrected as well. I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. But then we see this first sermon that Peter preached. It was back at Pentecost. When he preached that message, uh, those that didn't understand what was going on said, they're, they're a bunch of mad, they're, they're, they're drunk. They're drunk. Here, this, we see that he's going to preach a message the second time that we see Peter preaching, and a man gets healed. This helps me to understand and helps you understand as well is that when you preach Jesus, something's going to happen. When you preach Jesus, something is going to happen. I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. And as I think about this, uh, we have lost sight of the significance of Jesus. We've lost significance of how holy He is. We've lost significance that we're not coming uh, to a time of Christmas. And when we are gathering around the trees and we're giving each other a present. Now, I don't know about you, but is the, do you do that when you have a birthday? Does everybody else get presents? No, they bring presents to you. Isn't it odd that the Lord Jesus, when we celebrate His birthday, He has given us the greatest gift that we could ever receive, knowing Him in a personal way. There's something about the name of Jesus. There's something that will happen when you preach Jesus. But I want you to look at verses 12 through 18. And we're going to see that they, when they heard this sermon, Peter calls them out. Now I find, I know it's hard to believe that a preacher would actually call people out. But he called them out. Now understand, they have come to him and in verse number 12, and Peter asked him, why do you marvel? They, they, they see this man's been, that everybody knew about this man. He, he, was a, uh, he was a regular there at church. By the way, do you realize that person that you may be sitting beside this morning, or that person that you passed in the hallway, you see them on a regular basis? That every time the doors are open, you see them? But do you realize that person that you're passing by, like Peter and John had pa were passing by, do you realize that they could have a need? Do you realize that when we come in a crowd this size, there's somebody who's come with a need? There's somebody that's looking for an answer to their problem. And so here they... Come and they say, okay, I, well, what was the secret? Now, I'm adding a little bit to the story, but hey, what's the secret of this? We, we've heard about the lame man. Matter of fact, we saw him running down the street, praising God. What, what did you guys do? What was the magic formula? And Peter starts to rip into him. He says, don't be looking at us. All we said was in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. 
And so here they have denied the power of God. How many times have we come and denied the power of God? There's somebody with a need. You have a need. And when you've gone and done all that you can do, you're going to counseling, and I'm not discounting that. You've gone and you've read a book, and you've talked to someone, you've prayed for that. All that's well and good. But here's what we need to understand. There's power in the name of Jesus to meet your need, to solve your problem, to help you through a difficult time. They deny the power of God. Now, he goes and marvel. He says, now what is wrong with you guys? Now, why is he saying that? He's talking to covenant people. He's talking to people that have seen, have seen the miracles of God before. But yet, they were wanting to give credit to Peter and John. And so Peter says, you don't understand here. What is wrong? Why do you marvel at this? Why, why should this surprise you that God would heal someone? Is it not amazing to us in the modern church when we see someone that everybody knew about? We saw someone that we knew was addicted to drugs. We saw someone uh, that uh, was living in sin. We saw someone that was sleeping on the bridge. And we saw someone come and had a touch, the touch of the Lord Jesus, and they got saved. And we go around like they did back here in the book of Acts, and we marvel at that. Why should we marvel? Because we've been preaching this, we've been teaching this, and we've been claiming there's power in the name. But when we see the power of God working in somebody's life, we want to try to explain it away. God help us. And so here he goes. Now, not only does he stop there, but look at verse number 13. He says, oh, by the way, this, this Jesus is the one that you delivered up. Yeah. This Jesus that, that healed this man, oh, don't you remember you delivered him up? See, Pilate gave you an opportunity, but you chose to let a murderer go away. You delivered up Jesus. Now, Brother Mike, what a minute. What, why, are you, why are you preaching this? Because we delivered up Jesus because of our sin. And some of you are still harboring that. Some of you have tucked it back in your heart. Some of you have not truly repented. And you not see the power of God. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You can have power. You can see the power. Your sin took them to the cross. Don't blame the Jews. Don't blame the Romans. It was our sin that took them to the cross. And so he says, you delivered him up. And he says, and you denied him. Oh, Brother Mike, I know you're not talking about us now. I haven't denied him. Oh, really? Really? You haven't denied him? He's, he's told you that you need to be a servant of his, and yet you refuse to do it. You denied him. Now, before we go any further with this, I am not mad this morning. I'm not upset with anybody. But I am burdened. I'm burdened because I look back over my life and even recently, I've denied Christ too. 
God's laid somebody on my heart that I needed to go see. And I had all kinds of excuses and I did not follow through. And I knew the Lord wanted me to go and see them. But what I did, I denied Him. Just like you have. Church, it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Because when God lays somebody on your heart, He's doing it for a purpose. How many times have you walked away when you knew you were supposed to do something? And I'm guilty as well. And so here, He says, you delivered them up. Now, how do we have it? We denied them. Well, first of all, the Casting Crowns has a, a new uh, album out. And I heard this song. And, and, and I thought, ooh, man, i got to use this. And the song goes, here's what we're become. We're wanting to get our sermons from the screen. And we're wanting to look for a rock star preacher. That's exactly where we're at in the modern church. It's about personalities now. It's about how good of a preacher you can have. I know, I know. We want a pastor that has hair. We want a pastor that looks good in his suits. We, we want a pastor that is charismatic. And, I mean, he just draws people into him. Nothing wrong in that self. But that's not where our power lies. And we've denied because we have now uh, done things in the church that uh, we're doing just for the sake of doing and thinking that's where we're going to get the power of God. And we've already preached this, I know that. But the reason why I make mention of it is because we haven't quite got it. We really haven't. And I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about the modern church. And we're denying the power of God and we're denying Christ because we're looking at what the world wants us to become. I'm telling you, the world is dictating how we're doing church, not the church dictating how the world should live. Now, let's just go ahead, cut into the chase, put the mask away, get transparent. Why in the world would we want to try to identify with a lost and dying world? But yet, that's exactly what we've done. If we can just go ahead and have those colored lights... Let's get some colored lights in here. And let's go ahead uh, and lease uh, uh, an empty room uh, to Starbucks. And they can come in and sell uh, some Starbucks coffee. And here's what we need to do. We need to get some music that they can identify with, okay? And, and it doesn't really name, have to make the mention of Jesus. If it says something about love one another or something like that, that'll work, that'll work. And, and so that's what we're going to do. And we're going to get these flossy... Uh, little marketing ideals and we're going to send everybody a, a colorful postcard and we're going to have uh, the face of people uh, you know that look good and, and look sharp and, and all that have a smile on their face and we're going to go ahead and we're going to just tell them hey you'll never hear about sin we'll talk about how to be joyful all the time and how you can be all you want to be and you can just go ahead and we'll just come together we'll sing kumbaya 
and then we'll go home and continue to live like hell. Oh, that's a real good attitude. That's a real good concept. I'm telling you, we've lost sight of the fact that there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. And when we preach Jesus Christ, that means sometimes we got to preach against sin. Sometimes we got to preach about you're holding and you're having confessed your sin. We're going to go ahead and going to call it like it is because Jesus did the exact thing. When you preach Jesus, you got to preach with conviction. When you preach Jesus, you got to call for a public invitation, not fill out a card and drop it off and the offering plate and we'll call you later. What's wrong with us? We've lost our minds. And that's the reason why we've lost the power of God in our churches today. And I'm telling you, until we wake up to the fact and we go ahead and understand we've denied Him. Say, well, how have you denied Him? Well, I'm I'm telling you, we're just going to go ahead. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not. I'm really not. But I'm burdened. I'm burdened because I want to see the glory of the Lord fall on us. But in order for us to do that, we're going to have to change some ways that we've been going. We've denied Christ when little Susie's in a cheer competition. Okay, some of you are already puckered up right now. And we're going to go ahead. Doesn't matter that it's on Sunday. And we're going to tell that sweet little angel of ours, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get you in that competition. We're going to spend thousands of dollars because money's no object when it comes to my little sweet little darling here. And and, and we're going to pack up and we're going to leave midweek and we're going to travel. We're going to stay in a hotel paying $300 a night, but that's okay. This is for my little darling, my sweet little girl. And we're going to let her and tell her it's okay to skip out on church today. You've denied Christ. Man, I'm glad he got on that cheering. I hate that cheering. What about your boy that's playing baseball or basketball? Oh, Brother Mike, now we've heard this enough. I'm really getting tired of hearing this. Well, my dear friend, you're going to hear it one more time. And I'm not, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm not trying to slap you around. I'm not saying that you're dying and going to hell. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is we have denied Christ when we start pulling our kids. I don't care if it's a spelling bee or whatever. And we're saying to that child, oh, we love Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, there's a power. Oh, we sing praises to Jesus. I know I love Jesus. I want you to love Jesus too. But at the same time, we're saying, but yet we can deny Him it's all right. What is wrong with us? And then you wonder why church is boring. It's boring because you have denied Christ. You didn't get right with Christ. You didn't confess that sin because it is a sin. When you deny Christ, you have sinned against the one that saved your very soul. You have denied Him when you start to pick and choose and Jesus always gets picked second. The last time I checked, while we're at it, 
The last time I checked, when I got saved, He saved all of me. He didn't save me partially. But that's how we serve Him though. I'll serve Him as long as I don't have to take my child halfway across the country to go to a competition that's not going to amount to a hill of beans when they grow up and they look back in the fact that says, my parents said they loved Jesus, but they sure had a weird way of showing it. Or when you're going to and say, I'm doing this because of a scholarship. Oh, come on. Do you understand what the percentage... I said, do you understand the percent? Is that where you're putting all your bags in one bag? Oh, this is for my kid to get a scholarship. Why don't you go ahead and show them how to love Jesus, how to serve Jesus. Jesus can do far more than that scholarship will do for them. There's power in the name of Jesus. And we've denied Him, but yet we look around saying, okay, don't have no power. Let's go ahead and make up some. Let's go ahead and generate. Let's go ahead and manufacture this. And that's why our churches are dying. Because we're manufacturing and we're trying to show a lost world what we ought to be having in the Lord Jesus and in the power of the name and letting them know it's not our our cute little slogans, it's not our colorful brochures, it's not our programs after programs that we have, but what we're testifying to the fact there's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus will heal you. Jesus will save you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. So they denied him. And they denied. But notice in verse number 16. He says, when he told them in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the Bible said that his ankle bone connected to his hip. See, some of y'all are fixing to sing along. Y'all knew that. It made him strong. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the Bible said, he became strong. My dear friend, when you fall in love with Jesus, and when you call upon that sweet and wonderful name, he will make you strong. Now, he might not make you the best athlete on the field, but when all hell breaks loose in your life, You're not going to fall back on your football playing days or how many degrees you have or how kind of home that you live on. When all hell breaks loose in your house and when Satan comes at you toe to toe, my dear friend, the name of Jesus will get you through. The Bible says the devils tremble. They tremble. The devils know even more than we do. We've used the name of Jesus so casual, it really doesn't mean anything. Oh, we'll say it every once in a while. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You might even have a sign in your yard saying Jesus. But my dear friend, just because you say His name does not necessarily mean you know Him by name. See, He lives in here. The Bible says He has set up residence in us. That's what makes us strong. What makes us strong is 
in that blessed name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now look at verse number 19, 17. And then he says something about ignorance. That always perks me up. Because uh, to me, that's like a personal reference. Okay, I see ignorance. Oh, talking about me. I'm, I'm so grateful that there was no amens on that one. He says, ignorant. He says, well, it can't be due to the lack of ignorance. Because he answers, he says, look at verse number 18. He says, because you've had the prophets. Watch this. He says, I don't know why you marvel that God can heal someone. Your prophets have told you about this Jesus. All through the Old Testament, they've told you about the Messiah. They told you about the one that's going to come and, and be king. He says, I know it's not out of ignorance because you've heard this name. Not only of the Old Testament, but you've seen this. This is not the first time that Jesus... This is not the first time these folks had heard about a healing going on. He says, you've had the prophets. He says, you can't... It's not ignorance. Because, so what is it? It was flat out denial. Now watch. I'm not a, I'm not a farmer. But I, I've, I've picked up a few things. Okay? When you plow a field... Now when my granddaddy, he did it with mules... And uh, later on, he did it with a tractor. But when you plowed a field, you would want to make your rows straight, right? So far, so good. Okay? And you, but what would happen if there was, say, a creek would run through or there was a wall or, or some type of a barrier? What would you do? Just stop plowing? No. You learn to plow around it, right? I know this is deep for some of you, but... <clears throat> What does that have to say to us? And hear my heart. We have pandered too much in the church to those who have denied Christ. And we have, when we sit down and plan something, okay, when's that fall break? Well, you better not do any fall break. So, so what do you do? We just go ahead and reschedule it. We go reschedule it. Can't do that. Or, or, or the, no, can't, can't do it around, can't do it around Thanksgiving because nobody's going to be here. So don't plan anything big because they're going to be traveling anyway. Uh, no, 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 we can't have it. We can't have uh, that, uh, that conference. Can't have a Bible conference in March, especially if it's around spring break because nobody's going to be there anyway. Oh, oh, okay, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and schedule around dead time because, you know, they're not going to be doing anything. They can't, they can't do anything school, right? So we don't have that. And, and so what are we doing? We're, 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 we're not even plowing around it. We just flat out won't do it or reschedule it. What's wrong with that? If God has laid something on our heart, why in the world are we, are we making accommodations to those who are already showing their unfaithfulness? Am I wrong here? And, and so what we're we doing, when by doing that, we're denying Christ as well. Oh, can't do it there. 
Oh, wow. I guess, I guess there's, you know, the, the power of God. The Holy Spirit can only work when, when we make sure we get it where no, there, there's no confusion. Do you understand? You will never do anything for the cause of Christ if you're trying to skirt around other things that are going on in our lives. And the reason why is because we've denied Christ. We're denying Him. He's not that important. Me taking my kids to Disney and spending $40,000, that's more important than coming and hearing the Word of God and being involved in something my church is doing. And I say, oh, Brother Mike, I guess nobody's supposed to have a vacation. You missed the point. I'm not saying don't take vacation. I'm not saying go and see grandma during Christmas or Thanksgiving. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we need to stop trying to, to appease those that are not, are not faithful anyway because they'll say things, well, if I don't have anything else to do, I'll sign up for that. Won't you flat sign up for it? Then you reschedule everything else around what God has already told you to do. We've denied Christ. So here's what. I've done made my mind up. I am fired up on this one. I made my mind up that I'm going to continue to plow my field. And then there's a barrier. I'm going to learn to plow around them. You didn't catch that. What would happen if this church... Quit trying to appease everybody and accommodate everybody's schedule. And when we hear a good word and we know it's God's will, we keep plowing. But if there's an obstacle in front of us or there's people that are going to be in the way and saying, well, we can't do it. Don't do it then because I'm going to be over there. Let's just go ahead and learn how to plow around them. The problem is we just quit plowing. I made my mind up. I'm not saying I'm going to be out there and get stupid when you're scheduling things. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not that dumb. I know some of you are like, no, 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 Brother Mike. Maybe you will. I want to take a vote on that one. Wonder what would happen if we showed God that there's power in His name. Wonder what would happen when we say, no, this is the way we're going. Well, you know, they're going to be out. They're going to be out where they're just going to have to be out. See, you know the reason why we don't like doing that? It's because people do not like to make a choice. And so we have enabled them. Oh, let's don't, let's, let's don't put them... Let's don't do that. We don't want them to make a choice because, you know, they might get upset with that. What's wrong with us? Jesus always gave them an opportunity to make a choice. He said, you're either for me or you're against me. That's not what He said. If you're for me, then you're you're for me. If you're against me, then you're against me. There is no straddling the fence with Jesus. But we have enabled Him. They don't have to make a choice. Let's make this as easy as we can on them. Hmm. Wasn't too easy for Jesus to go to the cross to die for your sin. I'd say if you ask Jesus, Jesus, if you if you uh, had a choice, you know, and he said, "Well, I, you know, if there was another option, I would have been good with that, but that was not another option, so I just went ahead and been obedient." 
Oh, wow, what a concept. Okay, we're going to have, we're going to have this uh, for the Lord, and we're going to, you're going to have a choice. Okay, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me check my schedule. Mm, boy, I'd love to be there, preacher. But Johnny's got ball practice. Susie's got a cheer competition. You know what? If you could make it another time, you could count me in. No, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. Because when we went ahead and made the choice, there's going to be somebody else says, oh man, if you could have made it another time. Listen, here's what we need to do. We need to go ahead and make up our man now. I'm going to serve the Lord or I'm not going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be faithful to the Lord Jesus or I'm not going to be faithful to the Lord Jesus. You can go ahead and sugarcoat it and you can go ahead and dress it up the way you want to, but that's what it boils down to. You're either going to be faithful or you're not going to be faithful. You're either going to deny Him or you're going to accept Him. But we live now in an age of convenience. An age of convenience. Now, quickly. Here, Peter preaches. And the next, verse number 19, if I'm not mistaken. So Jesus, uh, Peter goes ahead and he says, you denied Christ. He says, you delivered Him up. He said, you marvel because you're just amazed that God had power to heal a man. And then He comes to the next sentence. There's one word that sticks out. And it's a word that we've lost sight in the church today as well. The word repent. 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 What does repentance mean? Oh, that means... I'm sorry for my sin, and I'm going to try to do better. That's not repentance. Repentance is, you denied Christ. You walked away from Christ. But now, you have repented, which means you are now going back to Him. And you forsake all others. Repentance means that you are making a declaration. I am not going to go back. I have chosen Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. I understand I'm making a commitment. I'm making a commitment to the Lord Jesus. And I'm going to be faithful to the Lord Jesus. And that means, repentance means, there are some things I'm going to have to walk away from. There are some things I'm just flat out not going to do. And that's where we're at. So church, here's the question. Have you denied Christ? Do you believe, really believe there's power in the name of Jesus? Then here's what's got to happen during this invitation. There needs to be some repentance going on. I said there needs to be some repentance going on. And it needs to start with me. I've denied Christ because He's laid some people on my heart and I have all kinds of excuses in the world and I just flat out was not obedient to Him.
and I need to repent of that. Church, corporately, we need to repent. And we need to go ahead and make a commitment today of who we're going to serve. We need today to start making some decisions that are going to cause for some choosing. And Brother Mike, you're really going to put people in a tight spot. I don't think it's a tight spot. If you want to be obedient to Jesus, pretty clear to me. Why is that a tight spot to be in? Well, I just, you know, there's so much counting on this. Okay. And if you choose to do that, you can go ahead. But let me remind you, the next time you get a bad doctor's report, I don't think you'll be denying the power of God then. The next time that you're without a job, I don't think you'll be denying Him then. I don't think that when your finances are not what they need to be, I don't think you'll deny them then. And the next time you're wanting to ask the church to pray over you for the Lord Jesus in accordance to His will to heal you, I don't think you'll deny Him then. You see where we're going with this? Jesus is not some great big granddaddy in the sky. Well, He'll just give you whatever you want, and when you misbehave, He just kind of winks His eye and says, oh, you know, children will be children. He's the holy one. He's the just one. So, you're going to deny someone or something. The question for you to answer today is, which one are you going to deny? What the world has to offer or what Jesus has to offer? Clear choice. And for us, that's our invitation. You're here to... You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about you're on a church membership. I'm not saying that you've been in those baptism waters. I'm not saying that you've read through the Bible uh, uh, twice in a year. I'm not saying that you are faithful, that you have perfect Sunday school attention. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, you can get that taken care of. For those of you who say, I'm secure in my salvation... I know if I were to drop dead, I'd go in heaven. But let me ask you this. Have you denied Christ because you chose something else over Him? Hard sermon? Not upset? Not saying you're going to die and go, you're going to hell if you go do that? I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, we need to have a burden that there's power in the name of Jesus Christ and we need to act like we really believe that.